Susanville in Northern California can be small town mountain living at its finest. Pine scented evenings, striking views, rivers, lakes. In isolation, the nearest big city, Reno, Nevada, is 86 miles away. Good paying jobs too, in the form of prisons. More than half of Susanville's population works at the town's two state facilities and a nearby federal correction center. Now, one of the prisons is scheduled to close. And this charming town of just over 13,500 residents, roughly 40% who are incarcerated, they got to confront a truism of small town American life. When you rely on one industry for your economy, you're eventually going to get screwed. I'm Gustavo Arellano. You're listening to The Times, daily news from the LA Times. Today's July 8, 2021. Haitian President Jovenel Moise is assassinated at his home. A heat wave is expected to hit Southern California in the coming days. And researchers with UC Berkeley found that using a cell phone for more than a thousand hours increases the risks of tumors by 60%. Um, that was by May and June. Today, we tell the story of Susanville with LA Times reporter Haley Branson Potts. We also hear from some residents and an advocate for prison closure who says there is a future after a lockup gets closed up. A job at one of Susanville's prisons used to be a sure way to get into the middle class. Now, in anticipation of the closing of the California Correctional Center by 2022, some residents are thinking of leaving town altogether. Haley Branson Potts covers rural California for the LA Times. She recently published a front-page story about Susanville's struggles. Haley, Susanville has been through the pains of a shuttering industry that residents long relied on, right? That's correct. Uh, Susanville and all of Lassen County, much of Northeastern California in general, these are logging communities. And so they have been struggling for years and years after the decline of the timber industry. There was actually a small town nearby that once had the world's largest sawmill that is now a a tiny, tiny town, you know, a a shadow of what it once was. So, yeah, this is an area that um, it saw its primary industry go. And this was decades ago because there's 50s, 60s, and most of these towns end up dying off. But in Susanville, what saved it was the arrival of the California Correction Center in 1963. Then another prison opened in 95 and a federal facility in, in nearby Herlong 14 years ago. All of this was happening during an era of mass incarceration that the state of California is currently trying to remedy. Did residents ever think that maybe it wasn't the wisest thing to build an economy around uh, prisoners? The reaction was mixed when the California Correctional Center came along. You know, initially you had people who said, you know, we we don't want inmates here. This is back when the mills had first started closing. But then there was a large portion of the community at that time that did see an economic benefit in it. And in many small rural towns across the country, you had people in town asking for prisons, but you also had, you know, the state came in and they said this will benefit the economy. Um, People in town say that they promoted what was called a a good neighbor policy. You know, they would buy from local businesses and they would would be a good neighbor. They would help the town out. Ultimately, that won out and they built the California Correctional Center and it became part of the town fabric. And then when the second prison came in in the 1990s, After that, that's when you started seeing 
more than half of the employment locally was out there. There was some mixed reaction, but ultimately they kind of accepted it for what it was, which was, you know, really good paying jobs in a really remote area, a stable retirement. And many of the businesses came to rely upon it as well. It's so remote that families visiting inmates, you know, stay at the local hotels. They eat at the local restaurants. You have schools that rely upon, you know, the families of correctional officers because there are so many there. And so it really kind of filters into all parts of life there. Yeah, one of the examples that you mentioned was a dairy farmer. Correct. This is a a company called Morning Glory Dairy. And I got to spend some time with both the, the longtime, fairly newly retired owner of the dairy farm who owned it when the prisons first came in. And then I got to speak to the current day owner, Josh McKernan, who's 32 years old, you know, bought the company in 2017. He's panicking. He's most likely going to have to lay off some of his employees. Uh, The dairy has been selling milk and eggs and cheese to the prisons in bulk for decades now. About a quarter of their sales go to just the California Correctional Center. More goes to High Desert State Prison, which is the maximum security prison built right next door. And, you know, one of their big selling points was, you know, they're local. You know, this is a remote area. You know, it snows in the wintertime. They never miss a delivery. They've had what they consider to be a really good relationship. And so that's going to be a huge chunk of sales that they're already trying to adjust to. Yeah, because that shows how important this prison is to the livelihood of so many people in Susanville. It's it's not just the people in Susanville, the residents there. Inmates are also affected as well. They're also concerned. This actually does not help with lowering the inmate population. They're merely being transferred. The Susanville prison is actually one of the few in the state that is not over capacity. And so, yeah, there are certainly... Inmates and inmate families um, have their concerns as well. There are a lot of people who are are fighting it. And they, you know, including elected officials, people with the city, people with the county, they are focused right now on, on preventing the closure. I did speak with, um, you know, school officials, both at the K through 12 level and the local community college. They are working on backup plans. The K through 12, the county superintendent, said she is trying to, you know, get a reprieve from attendance-based funding um, so she can figure out, you know, if she needs to consolidate schools or lay off staff. I, I think at the elected official level right now, they, they are intensely fighting this. Um, and there are a lot of people in town who are doing so as well. And they, um, you know, they're really holding out hope that they can get the state to change their mind. And, you know, I, I will tell you, this story got a, a really strong reaction it's a complicated relationship with that town. Everyone I spoke to said they, you know, of course, they're happy to see the number of inmates declining. You know, nobody wants to be known as profiting off of, you know, someone being incarcerated. Um, it's, it's complicated. I did hear from many people who were disgusted by it. The economic realities in, in a very small rural town, you know, are very different. If you are a, you know, correctional officer or someone who works at that prison, you know, you've had a path to a middle-class life. Unfortunately, that has come with 
working with people who are incarcerated. We'll have more from my colleague Haley Branson-Potts after this break. California officials offer a couple of reasons for why they're closing the California Correctional Center in Susanville. It's too expensive to maintain. The state's prison population is shrinking. And because California is no longer set on jailing as many people as possible, as was the case in the 1980s and 1990s, that's what the California Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation, or CDCR for short, told the Times. And they also tried to dispel the big rumor in town that Susanville was targeted because it's Trump country. My colleague Haley Branson-Potts says residents don't believe the CDCR one bit. This closure is coming while, you know, the number of inmates has declined dramatically. And, you know, especially during the pandemic, they announced the closure of the Susanville prison in April. And the frustration in Susanville is that they said they weren't given a heads up that it was even being considered. And so there's a lot of anger that this was the one chosen because there was a California legislative analyst report this February that recommended four other prisons that were older and that that office said they were more expensive to repair and operate. And there in Susanville, I mean, it is a very, very conservative community. More than 75% of the county voted for Donald Trump for president. You know, it was the highest Trump voting county. Uh, That county really strongly supported, you know, recalling Governor Newsom. It was, you know, one of the highest percentages of support. So a lot of people there, you know, they feel like this is political retaliation. The Department of Corrections denies this, but it is palpable. And so now actually the city of Susanville is planning to sue the state over the closure. And they say that they've gotten very little information as to why this facility was chosen. It's a sentiment I heard from Lassen County Administrative Officer Richard Egan. He says Susanville and the county were left to figure out what happened with no clue from the state whatsoever. And so we're curious about that. There's a lot of speculation that maybe it's retaliation because it's a, it's a conservative stronghold not favored by the governor. Perhaps it's also just simply uh, political mathematics that, you know, there's not that many voters up here. But I don't think that it's based in comparative analysis about what's best for the state taxpayers. And so what has the state offered Susanville to help it absorb the loss of over a thousand jobs, revenue to local businesses and fear of an exodus of residents? Well, according to Richard Egan, since the announcement of that potential lawsuit by Susanville, not much. The CDCR and the governor's office have basically, well, not basically, they have told our legislatures that since that has occurred, We are not going to participate in any kind of uh, negotiations to mitigate the effects of this abrupt closure, which, you know, we find, again, uh, almost unbelievable retaliation to uh, to the residents of this area. And so there you have it. And then there are the other residents in Susanville who will also be directly affected by this closure the prison inmates themselves. More than 2,300 inmates live at CCC. According to how both the city and the U.S. Census Bureau tally populations, all of those inmates are counted as full-time, quote, residents of Susanville. Misty Arteaga is watching the debate over the scheduled closure unfold from a unique perspective. She owns a home in Susanville and works at a nearby army post. 
and she's also married to an inmate at CCC. Okay, so like when my husband first got to CCC back in 19 or 2017, um, there wasn't a lot of programs when he first got there. Michael Arteaga is serving a life sentence for murder without the possibility of parole. But he's enrolled at the local community college and also advocates for other inmates. Misty is also hopeful that Michael might be able to win a commutation and be eligible for parole as California reduces its prison population. A big part of that is keeping up with his education and his rehab programs, something that may be a lot harder if he gets transferred elsewhere. Now, yes, my husband at this time is not eligible for a parole board. That's the whole point of life without the possibility of parole. But we are still working very hard on his commutation package and hopefully will be approved by the governor so that we can have that chance at that parole board. That's why he's working so hard. So he fought him and the other incarcerated people fought really hard to get programs up here, good programs that they could use for parole boards. So that was very important to them. If the California Correctional Center closes, Misty, do you leave Susanville? So as of right now, that would be a no, because I do have a really good job at the Army base. Um, I'm a permanent employee, and so I would travel. Um, again, I would try to visit as much as possible, but um, they're, they're changing our system so much within CDCR on how to apply for visits and, and video visits. They're gone within 10 seconds. <laughs> so it's just really hard. So probably stay here. Do you think your neighbors would also stay in Susanville or would they leave? Uh, depends on what neighbors. <laughs> so we have a lot of good retired people up here. We have a lot of people that do work at the base as well. We have a lot of people that work at High Desert. It will change. Uh, there's going to be a lot of homes going up for sale. I own my home. I'm kind of concerned about the pricing of homes uh, dropping, of course, um, as people leave town. And it's just about bringing more people in. So at that point, we'd have to find something, some type of industry, some type of something to bring into the town so we can... Um, keep our economy up. Do you have any hope that the state of California will help Susanville and whatever's next? I would hope so, since they're kind of, I blame for this situation we're in, this pickle. Um, yes, I do hope that they do think of something, come up with something, assist us some way just to get something else in here that's maybe not as large as the prison, but something that's uh, comparable, something that we can figure out and at least get started and then let us take over. A year is a, is a crazy short time to try to figure this out. And um, yes, I definitely hope and I, I wish they would just kind of slow the process a little just to give us a time to breathe. Again, I understand the whole we shouldn't be dependent, but it's a little too late for that. Thank you so much for this interview, Misty. You are very welcome. Thank you so very much. Coming up, Susanville isn't the first town to rely on a prison economy. My next guest tells us what others are doing with their shuttered lockups. Stay tuned. We reached out to Governor Gavin Newsom's office for a response to some of the questions and concerns that residents of Susanville shared with us. We received no response. Like Susanville, other small, remote towns across the United States welcomed prisons into their communities in the past decades as their economic salvation. And like Susanville fears might happen, these cities and hamlets were left wondering what comes next when prisons shuttered. My guest, Nicole Porter, studies this trend. She's the director of advocacy at The Sentencing Project. That's a nonprofit that works to reduce imprisonment and criminalization of youth and adults. Porter said that what's playing out in Susanville, California is a direct reaction to how the U.S. has typically viewed incarceration. 
there was a strategy um, at the federal level and within states to expand the prison footprint. Um, but now, you know, 30, 40 years into the mass incarceration era, there is a growing um, interest to challenge mass incarceration, to undo it. And so now in the conversation around what comes next, there are other opportunities that the residents in Susanville can be considering, can be looking to, and hopefully will be motivated and inspired by. The Sentencing Project has studied those prison towns and the effects both of prisons opening and also prisons closing. What are the main findings that the Sentencing Project has found in such cases? Well, um, people should know, particularly the residents of Susanville should know, that there is an opportunity um, for something next after the prison closes down. And there have been a handful of experiences around the country in New York. A closed prison was converted into a movie studio. In um, North Carolina, a closed prison was converted into an agricultural hub so that farmers and other um, local workers could trade ideas on farming techniques. And there are a handful of other examples around the country in terms of reusing closed prisons. There's a future for their town. There's a future for their community. And they should not be fighting to keep the prison open. They should be um, seriously considering what comes next in Susanville for the economy and for the residents of that community. Residents of Susanville are responding, well, look, prisoners are prisoners. We're good people. And now our economy is going to be shattered because of that. And it's just not fair to us. What would be your response? Well, first of all, prisoners are people. But the way in which we imprison people in the United States is fundamentally a problem because the United States sends people to prison that they just don't get sent to prison for in other parts of the world, particularly other parts of the Western world. And the United States locks people up for longer. And that has been a driver of mass incarceration, not just in California, but across the country. So the residents of Susanville who are concerned about the prison closure and the impact on the local economy, rather than focusing on the harms associated with mass incarceration um, and keeping jobs associated with the violent and harmful policy should be working with the state on a just transition economy um, that can help move the state into what should come next for Susanville, what should come next for prison towns, because it's not just happening in Susanville, it's actually happening in other parts of the country and possibly in other parts of California as well. And that's it for this episode of The Times, daily news from the LA Times. Tomorrow, a conversation with Machete himself, Danny Trejo. Our show is produced by Shannon Lynn, Stephen A. Cuevas, and Denise Guerra. Our executive producer is Abby Fentress-Swanson. Our engineer is Mario Diaz. Our editor is Shawnee Hilton. Our intern is Ashley Brown. And our theme music is by Andrew Ethan. I'm Gustavo Ariano. We'll be back tomorrow with all the news in this madre. Gracias. Gracias.